Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. Tonight, the title of my message is Hear It, Say It, Live It. Hear it, say it, live it. You see how there's like a progression. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, like a lot of scripture, it's totally fine. I'm going to kind of base everything I say tonight on scripture. And some of you guys might not know tons of Christian words, and that's fine. I'll explain some of them to you. But uh, in Romans 10, 17, it says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. So let me just break this down for you. So if what we believe or what we take action on comes from something, it's important to know what it comes from because like everything we're doing, like everything you're doing today, you're doing it because you believe in it. You're doing it because you believe enough to take action on it, right? Like you didn't get in your car this morning or get in someone else's car or get in an Uber, whatever you did today. You didn't get on whatever you got that got you here and think, I'm going to turn this key and nothing's going to happen. You turn the key because you know my car is going to start and I'm going to drive somewhere, right? So faith is just like that. You don't actually do anything with what you believe if you don't believe it. So faith starts when you hear something, right? And it turns into actual action whenever we actually believe it. So first you have to hear it. Then once you believe it, then you can turn it into action. But what it says here that's really interesting is hearing isn't just through your ears. It says hearing through the word of God. So what that kind of tells me is, like, do you guys have anything that has like a filter on it? Like in your home, maybe you have like a Brita. I mean, hopefully your water spouts have filters. Otherwise, I don't know what's coming through those. Or like, like if you even look at speakers, like on your phone, there's some type of filter, right? There's something in there. Everything probably in your life has a type of filter, and we all have a filter too. And the interesting thing is, a lot of times, what we hear isn't what we want to act on, but we're listening to the wrong things. Therefore, our filter of how we see life is wrong and it's skewed. And a lot of times we're wondering, like, this is just a side note for those of you that know, which is probably everybody, like, what does the coronavirus have to do with toilet paper? I don't know. I don't know, but some people's filters are off and they're buying up toilet paper right now. I don't know, but I'm just saying, think about this in your own life. Sometimes we act on things, and we're like, why did I do that? Because we didn't hear through the word of God. We heard it through our filter. We heard it through our feelings. We heard it through whatever else. Therefore, what you're going to act on in faith is going to be what you believe. But hearing comes from the word of God if you want it to be active and working in your life. So I want to just kind of break down just what this hear it, say it, live it thing is. The first thing is, Faith, which is the ability to follow God fully, comes by hearing. So your ability to follow God starts when you start hearing the right things. You cannot follow God fully if you're not listening to the right things. Like, I'm sorry, I don't, not a person who watches the news, I just don't really think that it's ever true. Doesn't matter which one you listen to. But for me, it's not that I'm not informed. I find other ways to get informed. But for me, it's like I'm not listening to what the world says more than what God says. Therefore, the fruit of my life 
And what I act on is based on that, not on what they say, not on what they feel, not on what they know. So your ability to follow God will come if you are hearing from him. You know, I think it's really important this morning to think about this, or this morning. Gosh, I feel like it's this morning. I got up so early today. Anyways, tonight, it's good to start thinking about this in your life. What are you listening to? Like, just think about, like, what you listen to the most in your life. Is it yourself talking? <laughs> is it the radio? Is it podcasts? Like, what is it that you're actually putting into your spirit? What is it that is going through your ear gate, through that filter? Because whatever you're listening to, it starts what you're going to act on. So the next thing is say it. What you believe in your heart is what you're going to say. You know, the Bible tells us that out of our heart flows our issues. I think this is interesting because I think a lot of times I say things that I don't really always mean, right? Like, I don't mean it, but it was obviously in my heart, so it came out of me. I think a lot of times, um, like me and my sister were having a conversation today, and she was saying, do you ever just feel, like, anxious? Do you ever just have this feeling all of a sudden you're like, like some, I'm late for something or something's going to happen? Like it just, it makes no sense. And you have this feeling and it's like, why does that happen? Why does it happen when we, like, why do we get fearful? Why do we get worried? Like, what is it that we're actually letting into our heart? There's something that we've believed that's gotten into our heart and now it's flowing out of our life. And we're saying what's in here, even if in our minds we know, I don't really mean that, but obviously it's gotten in here enough that you believed it and that you've spoken it out. So something that I think is really interesting, a lot of people don't realize this, but your heart has brain cells. Did you know that? It's kind of crazy, right? Like, you know how when people say, like, I don't like the way it makes my heart feel, or like, my heart got broken, or like, have you ever felt like an actual physical pain like when you get your feelings hurt or something, when something's happening in your life and you're like, oh, my heart. Yeah. Like your heart isn't just an organ, it thinks. This is crazy. In addition to its other functions, your heart actually is comprised of brain cells. It has about 40,000 neurons that can sense, feel, learn, and remember. The heart brain is what they call it. It sends messages to the head brain about how the body feels and more. That's crazy. Did you know, I, I'm, I'm a weird researcher, guys. Did you know that crimes about people being murdered have been solved because the person that died's heart trans, was transplanted into a person and they were able to tell them who the killer was? That's real. Google it. I know. Your heart remembers. This is freaky, but this is like true science, guys. But just think about this, because if the Bible tells us that out of your heart flows your issues, it's not just a cute like thing that we talk about that we draw as girls. I don't think guys draw hearts. I don't know. Y'all don't, right? I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying girls do. I'm saying guys. Like, y'all don't draw hearts, do you? No. Like, my niece, she just turned five. She's drawing hearts. And I love that, because I like have grown up drawing hearts. I don't think that's a guy thing at all. But... If you think about that in your life, like, it's not some cute thing about a heart or a heart being broken, okay? Like, whatever you let into your heart is going to come out of you. 
you're not even going to realize, like, have you ever had just like an outburst where you're like, why did I say that? Sometimes we don't even realize what has been planted in our heart. And then our heart has like processed this information. It got enough to your head brain that you actually said it. You know, the, uh, in the scripture, Proverbs 23, 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. God created you, so he knows your heart thinks. I think that's interesting. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Like, you can think about yourself all day, like, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be successful. But has it gotten to your heart to the point that you're going to act on it? Because whatever you think in your heart, that's who you're going to be. And I think a lot of times we have this disconnect between, like, our head and our heart. And therefore, we hear something but we don't believe enough that it goes here and therefore there's no action. And we're wondering why what God said or what we feel like God's doing isn't working in our life. You know, often I think we stay on the feeling side of life and we consult our emotions over God. Like we sit there and we think, well, how, like, just think about this. How often have you gone, well, how do I feel about that? What do I think about that? But have you ever just stopped yourself and gone, God, how should I see this? How should I feel about this? That's not normal for us to do. So we can like, I, I, I have had so many times where like, the, I'll read a scripture and I'm like, yeah, like I know it says that, but I don't feel that. <laughs> like, yeah, I know the Bible tells me that I'm more than a conqueror, that like God has a plan for me, but I'm not feeling that. So therefore my life doesn't reflect that belief and I don't say it and I don't live it because I heard it, but it didn't go anywhere else. Therefore, there's no transformation in my life. In Proverbs 4, 20 through 24, so just hang with me here on the scripture because there's, there's four verses here, okay? But just hang with me. It says, Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then, as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. From there flows the wellspring of your life. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. So this is going through basically saying, think about what I think about. Keep it in your, this is like connecting everything. Keep what I say in your heart. Therefore, what's going to come out of you is going to be good things. Like, the only thing that I can tell myself, and I mean, you're only you, right? And I'm only me. So when things come out of me that are not who I am and not what I want to say, I have to consult God and myself and go, what was it that was inside of me? What was it that I allowed in there that came out? Because what I've heard or felt obviously worked its way to where I believe enough that I've acted on it. So the last part, live it. You will end up living according to what you follow and believe in. None of us today are living something, hopefully, that we don't believe in. Like, I believe in shoes, so I put them on today. I believe in clothes in public, so I put them on today. I believe in making money, so I worked a job today. You know, like, I believe in... The fact that coming together as believers does something in my life, so I made the effort to be here tonight. Right. I believe that whenever I feel hungry, it's worth it to eat food. Yes. So I acted on it. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I'm using like small things, but think about it in your life.
if you really believe it, you will follow it and act on it. Like, and if you don't like what your life looks like right now, you've got to look at what you're following and what you believe in. Because that's where this started. You're headed down a path that might not be where you want to go, but it started with what you started listening to and saying. So in Genesis 1.27, it says, God created human beings in his own likeness. He created them to be like himself. He created them as male and female. You know, I think that it's interesting because, like, even our generation, I think that we're searching for our purpose without looking for the one who gave it to us. God's the one that created you in his likeness. So if you're not connected to him, how are you ever going to realize what your purpose is? How are you ever going to feel good about your life? There's always going to be a void. You're never going to know who you are unless you know whose you are. It's impossible. Now, there's people that, that try to act like, you know, I just don't believe in God. And most of them will have a reason of because he didn't do something for them in the time that they needed or the way that they needed. I saw this Christian movie once and it said, how can you be angry at someone who doesn't exist? Just saying, a lot of us are basing our life on something that we don't agree with, but we've never come into agreement with the right things. Therefore, we're frustrated that we don't, we're, our life isn't going in the right direction, but we're not in agreement with the right things. We're not listening to the right things, saying the right things, so therefore our life doesn't look how we want it to look. And somehow we're mad at God when we wouldn't breathe without him. We wouldn't be here without him. Right. It's this weird cycle that happens. I mean, you guys, you guys, if you haven't ever been there in yourself, you know people that feel this way. And it's not like, I'm not trying to make you feel bad if you ever felt that way. I think it, if you never question God, you won't ever really know him. But if you don't actually get to the point of wanting to understand and you just want your way, you will never find freedom. You will never find your purpose. You will never feel good about where you're at because you're actually searching for a purpose without the one who gave it to you. So your identity should lead your decisions, not your ideology. If you don't know what ideology is, it just basically means your own thought process. Like who you are should lead what you do, not what you think, not what you feel. So in the rest of this scripture, I know I read Proverbs 4, 20 through 24, but in the rest of the scripture, in verse 25 and 27, it says, set your gaze on the path before you with a fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth for you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take a detour that leads to darkness. Did you know that what you do can change how you think? For the negative or the positive? Um, I don't know if you've ever gotten pulled over. I have. I, I don't drive slow. You know? I just try to get places in time that I need to get there whenever I leave. So, like, there's been times I've been pulled over and I've decided to have a good attitude because I'm the one that was speeding. So, like, why be mad at the person that pulled me over even though I think it's dumb and some cops should go fight crime, not find me speeding? But what, how you act can change how you think. So there's been times where cops have pulled me over I'm just giving you an example because a lot of us have authority issues at times with people, you know, and a cop can say, do you know why I pulled you over? The answer is always no. <laughs> I don't. Why don't you tell me? Because I'm not going to admit anything. Um, but, you know, I can decide to have a good attitude and it can change the way that I feel or think about this cop. 
Like, think about how many people treat people in authority. Like, if you've ever worked in a management or customer service area, people take everything out on you. Everything. And can you imagine what it feels like to be that person every day that people just talk to you like that and take out their stuff on you when you really have, you didn't make their problem, right? But have you ever experienced when you choose to have a good attitude, you can sometimes see that person who's seemingly your enemy in that moment in a greater light? Like, cops were literally invented to help keep us safe. They were. They doesn't always feel that way but it's true. So if we think about them in that light and act on that, it's going to change how we see them. If we understand that God is not just here to beat us over the head when we sin and tell us bad, 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 whatever your name is, and we understand that he loves you, he loved you knowing that you would reject him, knowing that you would sin, and that is what matters more. When you do something wrong, you're not going to come to him thinking, well, he's going to be mad at me. You're going to be thinking, he already loves me. So whenever you actually start to act on things that are positive, imagine how much that can change your thought process because it actually doesn't matter how other people treat you or what other people do. What you're going to do is what you're going to do because of who you are, not what you think. But what you do can change how you think. Pastor Key says, act your way into a feeling, don't feel your way into an action. So when you act, like my cousin, she's a dietitian, and she like is over this whole area in a hospital, and she was talking today about how Dr. Carolina Leaf, she talks, you guys know who that is? She studies the brain. If you don't, look her up. She's amazing. There's a lot of things in there that she says. It's just so good. But my cousin was saying how she used to have anxiety about how the fact that she has two kids, she has a full-time job, she like couldn't get enough sleep. And she was frustrated. Like She would stay up all night and be like, oh, I'm not going to get enough sleep today. I'm never going to get enough sleep. And she realized, like, one of the things that Dr. Carolina Leaf said is people have more anxiety about what they can't control. And if they would just realize that they're not in control and stop trying to control it, they wouldn't have anxiety or stress. And if they would speak positive, they would actually feel positive even when negative things were happening. I'm paraphrasing. But basically, she said instead of whenever she wouldn't get sleep, she would say, wow, I got so much sleep tonight. Wow, I'm so rested. And she said it started changing the way that she felt. Imagine if in a moment when you felt negativity, when you felt sadness, when you felt anxiety, when you felt whatever you feel, if you actually said something different out of your mouth, that it would change how you thought about it. Proverbs 19.21 says, People make many plans, but the the Lord says what will happen. In Isaiah 55, 8, it says, My thoughts are not like your thoughts. Your ways are not like my ways, says the Lord. You know, the thing that I've realized in my life is God's always trying to get us to come up. Like, I love that we have a God who's not like a mediocre thinker. He's always ahead of us. He always thinks beyond us. He created our brains, and we can only think so far. Some of us think we're smarter than God, but then we, you'll eventually figure out it's not true. Like, you're like, I got this, God. And you're like, shoot. But... So we can make plans, but God says what's going to happen. Like, you can have all these plans, but the thing that I've learned is if they're not aligned with God's plans, they're not going to work out, and it's actually for your good that they don't work out. But our perspective is powerful because what you give priority to is what you will perceive most in life. If you give priority to the negative things, if you give priority to your frustrations, if you give priority to your hurt feelings, that is what you're going to see all the time. And I've been stuck in those ruts before in my own mind and in my own heart where it's like, You almost expect, like if you've ever been rejected, you almost expect when you walk into a room, watch, they're going to reject me. 
Watch, I'm going to be the last person that gets my food at the table. Watch, this is going to happen. Like, and we almost start to expect the negative, but imagine if we did the opposite. Yeah. You know, one of the stories I want to point out tonight, even as I go towards a closing, is about Adam and Eve. Do you ever get mad at them? Yeah. I do. Yeah. If you don't know, they like basically uh, introduce sin into the world because of their choice. I'm not saying you need to be mad at them, but sometimes I feel mad. Like childbirth. Yes. Yeah. I haven't experienced it yet, but I'm asking God for help with my thoughts. So, you know, we could have been in a garden talking to animals and never caring about anything, and we could all be really rich and hot and successful and never have a care in the world. Anyways, sometimes I get mad at them. But in Genesis, it says in Genesis 2.25 that Adam and his wife were both naked and they didn't feel any shame. I think what that symbolizes is they were in a state of total reliance on God, but they didn't feel shameful about that. Right. Most of us can't even trust God with our Tuesday or our Monday or our 10th or our relationships. Like, I can't tell you how many times in my life I was like, God, help this to work out with this guy. I didn't go like, God, is this your best? I was like, God, like, <laughs> you know, do your thing. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to move him on. I'm like, that's not what I asked. But so often it's like we feel like it's dumb to trust God with everything because, like, i got to do something. i got to have something in my hands. And I like control. I don't know if you like control. But I think here what this is pointing out is they didn't have control. They, didn't, they were just totally reliant. They didn't feel shameful about it. But this story goes on and in Genesis 3 it talks about how a serpent who represents the enemy comes to Eve and he says did God really say you must not eat the fruit of the tree of the garden and the woman Eve responded to the serpent and said we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden but God did say you must not eat the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden don't even touch it or you will die and then the serpent said back you will certainly not die God knows that when you eat the fruit from that tree that you will know things that you've never known. Like God, you will be able to tell the difference between good and evil. The woman saw that the tree's fruit was good to eat and pleasing to look at, and she also saw that it would make her wise. She would know things that she didn't know before. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her, Then he ate it. And they both knew things that they had never known. The first thing it says after this is that they realized they were naked. So they sewed together fig leaves and made clothes for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden, and it was in the coolest time of the day. They hid from the Lord. But God called out to them. First of all, do you not think God knew where they were? He called out to them and said, where are you? He said, I heard you among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called out to the man and said, where are you? The man answered, I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And the Lord God said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the fruit of the tree I commanded you not to eat from? You think he knew that too? The Lord God made clothes out of animal skins for him and his wife to wear because they had made it out of plants. Gave him an upgrade in clothing. 
But I think it's interesting here because Adam and Eve were made in the exact reflection of God. He gave them all that they needed and more, but yet they still had to do things their own way. And they let an apple get in the way of who God created them to be. They were completely fulfilled and whole. But somehow the enemy came in and told them, but did God really say that? Like you hear in this church blessings over your life and you hear this year of transformation and you hear that God's going to give you double-double, but what's the first thing that comes into our mind? It's the same thing from the enemy. Did God really say that for you? Is it just for Pastor Keith? It might be working for them, but is it really going to work for you? So then what do we start doing? We start doing things in our own strength. Instead of being reliant on God, instead of trusting God, we go, you know what, God? I know you told me that I could trust you and I have all this available to me, but I'm going to go try to figure it out on my own. Oh, and by the way, I don't think I have time for you. Um, I know I was going to come on Sunday, but I got this job opportunity and I really need the money. And I know that, I know that you're my provider, but I'm going to make this happen. And, and, and then your relationship with God gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And then you have to start covering up things because you're not listening to the right things. You're not doing the right things. You're not saying the right things. So then you were like following God, but now you're not. And now you feel shameful because you've let these other things in. And because you started living in your own priorities. And it all started with a simple question. Did God really say that for you? You know, Adam was instructed by God specifically, like God told him in person, don't eat of that tree. And he was supposed to tell Eve what God said. She knew what God said. She repeated it back to the enemy. But she never talked to God about it herself that I know of in the Bible. And some of us are living on words from other people. We're living on sermons. We're living on what people say about God, but we have no actual revelation of him ourselves. So when the enemy comes, we can maybe repeat back what we heard, but we don't know that it works. So therefore we act on something that does not work. And then we get mad at God and we hide. And because God is so good, he, he knows all that, but he doesn't make you feel stupid. He just goes, hey, you know what? If you want to wear clothes, let me give you some fur instead of a fig leaf. But God created you with no flaws. He created you with no imperfections. And when the enemy starts to come in and he starts to try to tell you that, like, God didn't really say that for you. Like, I, like he'll try to point out what's wrong with you. And we can see more of what's wrong with us than what's right with God for us. And that gets in the way of like what we can do and what we, how we see God because somehow our imperfections are more important than God's perfection. And we somehow think that it gets in the way of God working in our life, but the only thing getting in the way of God working in our life is ourself. And the enemy, like people always say this and I don't know why. Because what I've found in my life is the enemy will tell you the truth. Like a lot of times people will be like, the enemy's lying. The reason why it's confusing is because the enemy will tell you the truth. When he told Adam, and even this, he said that you're going to know the difference between good and evil. Do you want to know why? Because for the first time, they were evil. That's why they knew the difference. Because they stepped into sin. Like, I don't know about you, but sometimes, I, like I said, I get mad at Adam and Eve because just like me, they make this human choice of like, I'm going to do it my way. And guess what you get to experience when you do it your way? 
you get to experience what that feels like. Because you stepped out of God's plan, you stepped out of God's purpose, you stepped out of the direction that he was taking your life, and then somehow we're like, God, why did you let my heart get broken? God, why did that not work out? God, why is this not happening for me? And just because we literally went our own way. But God's so good that he still has a place for us. That he still loves us, that he still forgives us, that he gives us mercy and grace. But the thing here is if you don't know the truth for yourself, the enemy will use the truth to confuse you into giving up your authority that you've already been given by God. The enemy can't attack you. He can't take your authority. He can't make you do something. You have to come into agreement with him. Like, just think about that for a second. He has no authority in your life that you don't give him. The enemy will always try to get you to question the words and actions of God. He's hoping that you don't understand the power that you already carry. He's counting on the fact that you will not know the power of God or the word of God or how it works in your life. So he tells you truth, but he skews it in a way that it makes it look like you're in control and God's selling you out and he's not giving you everything, so you've got to go get it for yourself. Eve knew what God said, but she didn't know enough to understand her authority against the enemy. See, the word of God, it says in the Bible, and we know this, that the word of God is activated through action. That's what makes it effective. You can know what the Bible says. Like you can know John 3:16. Does anyone know that scripture? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We can know that scripture. We could have seen it on Tim Tebow's face. You could see it on a mural in a city or on the bottom of Forever 21 bags. If you didn't know that, do we always act like for God so loved me that he gave me his greatest thing so that I would not perish, so that I would not be destroyed, but that I would have everlasting life? Am I walking like a child of God? Like when the enemy comes and tries to tell me you're not enough, do I say, no, no, I'm a child of God. God gave his son so that I would be saved and you have no power in my life. Or do we just go, oh, you know, the Bible says that. Whatever, it doesn't work for me. If we don't understand the power of God and we don't use it, we will never see his power in action. And some of us are wondering why we don't hear God. We're wondering why we don't see God move in our life. Like, why did they get a miracle? Why did that happen for them? Because he's talking. We're not listening. So therefore, we can't say it or live it. If we don't know what God said, you will believe the enemy over what God said. You will believe what others say over what God said. We must know what God really has said. But it's not enough to just know what he said. We have to do what he said. If we do not do what God says, it will not work in our life. We try things God's way on like a trial period. Like, God, if you don't show up, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to give you three weeks. I'm going to tithe. And if it doesn't work out for me, I'm going to be done. Just think about that in your own life. Like, we do that with God. Like, God's like a Netflix subscription, and we can cancel it in 30 days if it doesn't work out. It's just interesting to me because I think about, it's not male or female dynamics here that I'm talking about, but I'm talking about the human dynamics of Adam and Eve. God spoke directly to Adam. Like, it was clear. It wasn't like, who are you? Like, God created him, so he knew who he was. 
And if you don't know this, that like, like I told you, you should lead your actions through your identity, not what you think, your ideology. Identity, the word identity means the same. To be the same. Oneness. So if God created us, what should we know about that? If he created us in his image, we're the same. We have oneness. When you don't know who you are, it's because you've lost that. And I think about Adam and Eve, and I think about how quickly that moment shifted. I think about why did it shift? Because they saw an opportunity to gain some power. They saw an opportunity to get what they wanted in a moment. But God had told them. Like, how many times has God told you something? Is it surprising to you that an opportunity pops up after that? And somehow some of us are not smart enough to think that, like, maybe that's the enemy dangling a fruit in front of us to see if we really will do what God said? Like, if you heard, like, let's just say, like, you spend time with God and you hear even other people affirm it. And it's like, hey, God has a great person for you in the future. God has a great plan for you in the future. Your only job, like you don't have to figure out who it is, which some of us would be like, if we just knew who it was, we'd do the right thing, which that's not even true if you won't do it now. But we're like, God, if I just knew, I would do it. But you heard this from God, like just trust me, right? How many times have you heard that? Just trust God. But then we're like, yeah, God, I'll trust you. We didn't make the decision. And then like that next day, we go out to work. Or we get hit up in a DM or something. Or maybe you're on a dating app. Sometimes you're like, they're cute. That must be God. That apple looks real good too. But it also introduced sin into the world for all of us. Like, I, I want to live on knowing the good side. I don't want to live on knowing the bad side of life. And the only time, like truthfully, the only time you're introduced into the bad side of life, when it comes to your own choices like there's things that are out of our control because we live in a fallen world cool thing about that is god said he works everything for our good but when we make these choices when we hear something and then we decide to say it and then we decide to live it the only time you will step into something like that and face a negative is because something was shiny and you went "Ooh, that looks nice and you didn't go wait i have another step i see something god show me what to do with it and then trust him that's the problem with Adam and Eve in this position. Like, they had communion with God. He would come and walk with them. But they, when, the, when the serpent, the snake, was talking to them, they didn't go, Hey, God, the snake's saying that uh, we should do this. What do you think? They knew what God said. Like, we can't just go, Hey, God, come down in human form and answer this question for me. They could have. But our human nature, even if we had that a lot of times, we wouldn't do it the right way. And God wants us so desperately to hear what he says so we can say what he says. That leads to us being able to live the life that he has for us. You cannot find your purpose outside of the one who gave it to you. And tonight, I just want you to see those steps of hearing and then saying and then living because that is how it works. In the Bible, the way that you're saved is that you hear the word, you hear the good news. You actually start saying something out of your mouth, like, I believe that you are who you say you are, God. And then you start to live it. There is, a, there is an action piece to salvation. Your salvation is not found in the action, but it's proven in the action. God's the one that gives it to us, but our life, if we believe it enough, will follow that path. 
We're not perfect. God knows we're going to fail. But tonight, there's just, just a good moment, like, even at the beginning of this year, as we start stepping into spring, to realize that, like, God has so much for you, and he's speaking to you all the time. He's speaking to you all the time. And if we don't take a moment and listen, if we don't take a moment and actually start to say what he says, you will never see it happen in your life. And I, I know there's areas of my life, like I'm not sitting here talking to you like I'm professional at all this, so like y'all will figure it out. Like I'm talking to you from a place of going, I am, there are so many areas of my life I'm still trying to learn this. And I look back at Adam and Eve and people in the Bible and I go, God, I don't just want to hear your voice and not do anything with it. God, I don't just want, I don't want to know your truth and not see your truth work in my life. So what does that mean? It means I have to be in a place where I'm reliant on you, where I trust you, where I, I don't have my covering on and I feel no shame because my identity is in you. It's not in what I wear. It's not in what I have. It's not in what it looks like on Instagram or what it feels like to me in the moment. God, my my purpose is in you. And I want to have that oneness with you. So when I start feeling separate from that, I've got to come back. I have to have the awareness to go, God, I'm going to submit this back to you. And there might be areas, there's areas tonight in my life that I go, God, I've tried to take that in my own hands. I've tried to figure this out in my own way. And I'm tired of receiving the fruit of that. So I'm going to take this and I'm going to put it back in your hands. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, before I take the step of actually like action, saying and living, whenever I think something, the Bible says take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. That's a step before you take action. What you start thinking in your heart that goes like this and that comes out here, it's going to be a lot more positive if you start taking these steps like this and going, God, I'm going to, before I act on it, I'm just going to submit it to you. There's no shame in that. Like, that is the smartest thing you could ever do. He knows everything. He knows how to make you win. He knows how to give you the desires of your heart. He's the one that put them there. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at keelacraftambrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Keela Craft Ambrose.